My name is Robert Gregor, registered clinical counselor. And if you want to learn how to define your best life and have the courage to live it, you should be listening to the More Than Corporate podcast with my good friend, Amber Furman. Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am super excited to bring to you the third interview from the PodMax event that I was a part of with Robert Gregori. Robert is a registered clinical counselor, certified EMDR therapist, approved EMDR consultant, published author on EMDR, and the owner and founder of Gregori Consulting. He works with leaders in three industries, business, athletics, and film. Robert's purpose for being in this field is to rescue families from the negative beliefs, painful family culture, and trauma that is unconsciously passed down from generation to generation. When each individual family member is no longer in pain and each relationship is healed, the family can experience lasting happiness, love, trust, and will regularly practice deep vulnerability and authenticity. This is the kind of foundational legacy that can influence our societies with purpose and and the kind of atmosphere that will welcome the next generations. Robert and I had such an amazing time talking. I'm super excited for you to hear his interview. Really quickly, before we jump into this, this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Define Your Life Mastermind. If you or someone you know has ever said the words, I'll be happy when, I just need to keep, insert whatever you think is going to make you happy here, losing weight, working hard, building my career, and then I'll be happy. If you've ever felt like you've done everything you're supposed to do, yet life isn't turning out the way you expected. If it seems like something is missing despite others telling you how successful you are, then the Define Your Life Mastermind is for you. The most powerful question anybody ever asked me is, what does success mean to you? And as I've explored this topic on my podcast and with my coaching clients, it's become clear that most people don't ask and answer this question enough. The Define Your Life Mastermind is designed to help you get clear on what success means, what a well-rounded life looks like, and what your best life feels like. Once you know that, you can build a business that fits into the life that you want and surround yourself with people who give you the courage to step out of your comfort zone to live this vision. If this sounds like something that you or someone you know needs in their life, head over to defineyourlife.morethancorporate.com for more information and to schedule a call to see if we're a good fit to work together. I'm super excited to connect with you and help you reach your goals. And without further ado, let's jump into this interview with Robert. Robert, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. I really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Amber. I am so excited. So little secret, I kind of geek out every time I talk to somebody who actually understands the psychology world because I like to pretend I understand it from my own personal experiences. But every time I can talk to somebody that just gets the language, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. And I'm so excited for what you can bring to my audience. Um, So what I want to do, first of all, is just kind of set the scene a little bit and go back to what it was like for you growing up. Where did you grow up and what did you think you were going to be when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. How, how long is this segment? How long- <laughs> <laughs> right? 
<laughs> um, okay, well, um, and growing up, I I came from what I call a copper spoon family. So I I had you know all the material uh, possessions that I needed. Um, my dad was a doc, still is a doctor, and I come from a sort of a, a on his side lawyers and doctors, and so most most of my um, family are in that sort of higher professional realm. And there was a lot of pressure placed on me as a child to also be a doctor or a lawyer. And really what I wanted to be was an artist. I just wanted to be a comic book artist. I spent all every day drawing uh, super well, Spider-Man and, and Wolverine. And those are my favorite comic book heroes. And I also being an only child suffered from a, um, feeling like I didn't belong. And um I had anxiety and depression well before I even ever knew what those things were, even before I understood what psychology was. And so I was really in this difficult space, which so many of my clients relate to as well, where there's high expectations and no emotional guidance. So I ended up kind of um, learning how to manage my own feelings, or I should say escape from my own feelings through my various early forms of addictions, which was uh, food, um, TV, video games when they came out. And I still, I was around when the first Nintendo came out. And um, I really retreated, isolated myself from the world because I didn't feel like I belonged in it. I didn't feel like I was like my peers. I was always picked last in school. I was bullied. My nickname was short fat with glasses. And I felt enormous amounts of pain and didn't really know what to do with it. There was times when I just tried to escape and by utilizing those, those particular addictions, it helped me get through the time. But then what happened is it got a little bit, you know, worse and um, my, I, my addictions kind of upgraded and um, I kind of went into, you know, drugs and alcohol and sex. Um, and so that's sort of, but anyway, that was the, that was the atmosphere that I was really born into, which set the, the foundation for where I went. So psychology wasn't on the table really at all. You know, I wasn't planning to be a psychotherapist by any means. I was just going to be happy drawing and the rest of my life. That's what I wanted to do. My, and also I should say, uh, I wanted a band and uh, I remember playing guitar and singing in my basement and my parents hated that. So they said, well, you can't make any money playing music. So you better be a lawyer <laughs> or a doctor. And uh, just to prove them wrong, I ended up being a lead singer in a band, but uh, we, well, we didn't really make any money. So they were, I guess they're kind of right. But yeah, so I was very artistic and not really prone to uh, the professional world until very, quite a bit later. I love that from a family that thinks that you need to be a doctor or a lawyer, your main choices were artist and songwriter, singer, yeah. band, musician, which are probably the two things that every person that wants their children to be successful wants them not to do so, yeah. <laughs> or financially successful. And yeah. I, I, let me put the caveat on that because I love songwriters and I love music. But I also know that, man, that's a struggle. That is a hustle profession. It's insane. So did you ever go the lawyer doctor path? Like, were you ever on that route? Or was psychology, as you started going to college, was psychology kind of where you naturally fit because of your experiences? 
You know, I think really what happened was I was so selfish and, and inward directed because of my pain that I was experiencing. And you know, if you have like a knife in your leg, the last thing you're thinking about is, oh, hey, what's, how can I help that person? It's, you're, it's really, I got to get this knife out right now. And then I can bandage myself up, right? And then I can take care of you. So um, I actually, I had the exact opposite experience because I, um, I was going through my own pain. So I was really just focused on getting out of my own pain. But I also saw how my dad was operating and he would have uh, patients call him at all hours of the night. They would show up on their doorsteps, you know, they interrupt our dinners. And I thought, well, I just don't want that. I don't, I don't want somebody constantly um, at my doorstep. So I wanted to do everything except for go in that direction. So I, uh, yeah, so that's, that's really where I end up kind of going my own way. And then I fell into psychotherapy through philosophy. I, I, I wanted to understand existential. I, I was an existentialist. I wanted to understand the purpose for life. Why was, why, first of all, why am I here? What the heck is this life thing really about? And why am I in so much pain? How do I get out of that? And then naturally, this started me on a search for my own meaning. And then it kind of led me into psychology, into, into practicing psychotherapy, to going for my master's and then actually practicing. Um, I love that. And I really want to hit on something that you said. I, I want to talk about two things. Um, first of all, let's go way back to when um, we first started this conversation. Um, you said something that I think is so important about the fact that this is how you were growing up and that led to like who you were and what you were going to be. And um, every time I get an opportunity to talk to somebody about this, I absolutely love it because people, I don't think really realize the impact that they have on their children in that zero to 10 age range where you kind of think they're so young, I can't hurt them, but um, you so much can through comments that you make and, and the way that you grow up and things to that effect. And I would love the actual, or your take on the way that the way that you're raised impacts how you act as an adult. Oh, I feel it right now as you're speaking, the, the impact of family. It's, it's from, from my work now, I'm really understanding that it is not just about even an individual's growing their their childhood it, it is actually a legacy that's passed down from generation to generation to generation and i really want to take as much blame off of the table because i i don't think a lot of it's with malice at all yes there are some some people out that they make some bad choices obviously and you probably can talk more about that from your profession but um <laughs> or maybe not um, <laughs> but uh no it's really the the first years is are so formative and it's so important to think about what is the child being born into for my own um, childhood my my family atmosphere was about um, it was kind of strange because there was on one hand very professional the expectation to be a lawyer or a doctor was there from a young young age and then there was also this you know um, I got this message. Well, you can tell us anything. You can tell us anything. And, and which I, I love my parents. Thank you. So, but really I couldn't, I couldn't, they, they didn't have the abilities to, you know, take me on an emotional journey to understand myself and, and maybe have a good cry and really kind of 
um, find the lessons in that in that particular pain. And so, but that's it's not their fault because they didn't get that from their parents. I, I'm Eastern European, so my family uh, were Romanian, and my family, you know, came from uh, a lot of famine, a lot of war, and um, my own my own personal perspective is. Uh, you had to shove the emotions down or else you could die, right? It wasn't really about, you know, connecting so much with your humans, other humans. It was about how do I get the next meal? So you are kind of how you're feeling about something is not exactly as important in that sense as to, you know, get the next, uh, you know, sausage or whatever you can get from the, the grocery store or a loaf of bread, which is, was hard. So that mentality was then passed down to my parents and, you know, they learned how to kind of stuff the emotions down, how to be successful in whatever they're doing. And that's what I was born into. And I, this is such the case for so many of my clients who, you know, they had quote unquote good childhood where they had, you know, the roof over their head, they had the clothes, they had, you know, the, I like myself, I got the, even the car that I wanted to drive was my first car. That's awesome. But I didn't have the emotional guidance that I needed. And that set the, the foundation for me to not really know how to manage my own emotions. So I had to learn how to shut them off. And I did that with addictions. Yeah, I, I love that you mentioned that it's not out of malice because so many times it's not. And even the person that's being the best parent, I mean, this is what's so amazing about this like machine that's sitting in our skull is that we process everything with our perception of the world, right? So a parent could say something to their child with the best of intentions and it gets received in a completely different way. And that impacts everything they do until they deal with that by peeling back all of these onions later on in life. So I'm glad that you really mentioned that. Um, the other thing I really wanted to comment on was this idea that we have this great life because I did as well. I'm in that package with you where I had this really good life. And what that led to for me was a feeling that my struggles weren't as bad as somebody else's, right? Like I can't, I can't talk about what I'm going through because there's this person over here who had this awful childhood. And so I have to suppress my feelings and my struggles because you know, it's just life. And um, that's one of the things that I really had to get over. I'm, I'm so happy that you said that. I learned this as a therapist early on in my career. Um, I used to run a group of men who were survivors of sexual abuse. And I would get every single group, there would be several men who went through tremendous, from, from my perspective, you know, being assaulted several times. So like, oh, it was only a couple of times. Um, that was a couple times, but then for me as a, as a, as a, an individual, I had some of my own experiences, but I get this from so many other clients who, well, I had, you know, nobody beat me up. I wasn't, you know, molested or anything like that as a, as a, as a child. So it really wasn't that bad, but here's the thing. Everybody's brain is experiencing their own reality and for that individual, their pain is perhaps the worst thing they've ever experienced. And so there's no benefit, there's no value to compare your experience with somebody else's experience because they did not have the same background as you. Can't do it. 
Yeah, I I really, really like the way that you put that. And then also I wanted to comment on like, you you hear those things all the time of, you know, it was only a couple of times. Yeah. And I want to comment on how resilient we are as human beings to where we can harden ourselves so much to think that that's not a big deal because it is a big deal. And by the time we get to sitting in your office, like I know for me, before I was willing to call a therapist, it was four days of panic attacks and anxiety attacks because in law school, they teach you that emotions are the devil, right? Like you can't have emotions. So um, it took me not being able to function. And I, I would imagine that many of the people that come in your office for the first time are in that like bottom point where they just don't have any other choice. And they've hardened themselves so much to say, oh, it was only a couple of times. It's not that bad. We're very resilient, but resilience isn't always our friend. I completely agree. And this is the mask that many of the clients that I work with, and I, and I, and I tend to work with more uh, with leaders, and they could be any kind of leaders. It could be business owners, entrepreneurs, CEOs, uh, actors, um, athletes. It doesn't really matter. I've worked with lawyers before in the past. And every, everybody's a leader in their, in their own space, leader of their family, leader. And there is a there's a mask that everybody wears at least most of my clients wear where you know there it's this sense that you know i have to i have to just just hold it together i just have to make it through and it's really not that bad and these are really just avoidance strategies so that you can survive which is the brain's primary focus is to survive so it's working quote unquote, i'm going to quote unquote it's working for a little while and then it doesn't work anymore. And when it chooses, when it finally doesn't work, life ha- unfortunately starts to really crumble. Relationships fall apart. Like you experience panic attacks. Um, you might lose your job or like, you know, you might be um, acting out and then being ridiculed in the media. Like there's so many disastrous ways that it can fall apart. And then that's usually the, now I need some help. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, there were so many times before that, um, where, and I know that so many other people have experienced this, where you pick up that phone and you make that appointment and then your life evens out. Right. And so you're like, Oh, I don't need to go see, it's not that bad. And so you cancel. And I probably went through that cycle four or 500 times. I was going to say four or five. And I'm like, that is not, that is not real. Um, I went through it a lot where I would be like, okay, I got to talk to somebody. And, um, and then like, I would gain control of my life again. And I'd be like, oh, it's not that bad. And it wasn't until four days later, I was like, okay, this is not normal. So I, I love that we're able to have these types of conversations. And this is something that I'm super passionate about because I feel like the idea of mental health, um, just in everyday life, um, of feelings of anxiety, feelings of panic, um, have such a stigma that people think that they can't talk about them. And I love the willingness to be authentic and vulnerable, to be able to get that out, to let people know that they're not alone. I love that. And I share the same appreciation as well. These are really important conversations. Um, and, and I understand the pain point. You know, a lot of a lot of the clients that I have worked with and I do work with now, you know, say CEO, um, especially, and I, I like to think of this as the old paradigm and the new paradigm, because there's the old paradigm of CEO. There's the old paradigm of professional athlete, where if you acknowledge that you are struggling in some way, you're no longer superhuman. 
you're no longer capable. And then you're going to fear that the board members are going to look at you like, ah, maybe Robert's kind of weak and maybe we need somebody more tough. And that's the very, you know, quote unquote, masculine old warrior mentality of doing business where everybody needs to like cut each other down and, and be the, and, and be the last one standing. And that's unfortunately the way it was, but I'm hoping that we're moving into a better trend now where actually admitting that you see a therapist is cool and it's actually showing that you're a, you're emotionally mature and B you are really clear. Um, you value seeing where maybe some blind spots are and then being your best self because you can't carry a whole organization on your back. If you've got two broken legs. Ooh, that's powerful. That's really powerful. And it's, it's interesting that you say that because I was just having a conversation last night with a law school friend of mine, and we were talking about how nobody prepared us for what it was really going to be like to be involved in clients' lives. Um, we talk about the law. We talk about the procedure of things. We talk about how to get things done. But we didn't really talk about that emotion that you feel when um, you have a client's interest of something at stake and you can't fix it and how you... Um, allow yourself to deal with that without um, uh, letting it take over your entire day. And whether it's in the legal field or whether you're a parent and you're taking care of your kids or whatever you're doing, there's all these emotions around you and all these people that rely on you. And I just feel like we don't spend enough time talking about how to survive that. That is uh, so, so powerful. And I, I, I can literally feel that the pain point there for you of how you had to go through those experiences. And, and I'm going to say learn the hard way. Yeah. So on that aspect, I mean, I, I really careful when I deal with people like yourself that are licensed because I know that there are fine lines between a podcast and a therapy session. Um, but if you could give a general advice to somebody or a general comment to somebody about, steps that they could take to ground themselves when they're trying to um, kind of, I guess, cleanse that emotional palate. Um, what would you say is a good place for them to start? Yeah, totally. That's, that's a really good point. And, and um, first of all, I think many people's experience when they're, when they're dropped into the realities of their position are going to feel much the same. It's like, oh my gosh, now I have to learn how to swim. I, I, was, I was planning to be on a boat and I was going to be the best sailor ever but holy shit, I have to swim now. It's, it's really, really hard. So number one, just remind yourself of that, that, okay, look, this is a new skill or, you know, I'm picked here for a reason or, but the, the biggest thing is, is we have to start by grounding ourselves in the reality of the present moment. Because when any time those anxieties or those fears um, kick in, you hear this little voice in the back of your mind, which I call an inner critic, and it's saying you're not good enough, or you're a failure, or they're going to see right through you, or X, Y, Z. And that's really old stuff. That's old stuff, old scripts from the past that are working now. And obviously, the real treatment is you got to heal that. You have to go back and you have to work through that stuff. But in the right away, you have to acknowledge, okay, hold on a second. I am I am kind of, my, my motor is smoking right here. I need to get some water on this. I need to calm down. So it's as very simple as just taking some deep breaths, really slow. And that is easy enough. Do that 10 times in a row. 
go for a walk, call a friend. You know, you can even hop on. Uh, there's so many apps now that we have with our phone. Um, there's there's one called Two To Dot Resonate, and then there's a, um, a PTSD coach, which are great um, tools that are readily available and you can just hop on there and say okay what am i feeling um okay anxious okay what do i do now and it'll tell you what to do in the present moment and that and that's just wonderful so that you can kind of take the burden of oh i have to remember what i'm doing and once you get grounded now's the the time where you have to do something else i think that you know i i tell most people this really important distinction that whatever you're feeling right now that is not your fault that came from your childhood that came from your parents that came from their parents and their parents what however now is your responsibility to do something about that to change it i love that um i love that so much um so i want to step back for just a minute and talk about something that you said um, earlier about um, your journey into the psychotherapy world being trying to figure out your existential why am I here question. And I want to dig into this a little bit because I've never talked about this on the show. And um, I think it's so powerful because we talk about whys so much, especially in the business world. Start with your why. And I feel like the people that are like me that have to have an answer. I'm very fact-based in life, need a clear why. And I have found through going through my own rabbit holes that this is a philosophical question and there is no answer. And I would love for you to talk just a minute about that dangers of that rabbit hole, like the why rabbit hole that you could go down and how to make sure you're not getting stuck in that. That's a really good question. Deep. And again, how long do we have? <laughs> right? This might have to be a series. <laughs> yeah, totally. For sure. Um, so number number one, I, I, I think I would have to say that I believe that our why changes over time. But I think that the you know, the your maybe the latest why that you have uh, maybe in 10 years from now, that might you might need a different why to get you there first because you might not be there yet. So the go for, you know, think about this moment. What brings you joy? What brings you a feeling of when, when do you come alive when you talk about that? That's a clue for your why right now. And this it's, I think it's so important just to sort of, be easy on yourself. If you hold this over, you know, all encompassing, this is my why, and this is my why in every kind of, you know, state uh, situation, um, it can be really difficult. It can actually weigh on you like a burden. Um, that's not to say that you can't have an overall vision and move in that direction, but you might kind of veer off here and there. And it's okay to be gentle with yourself and allow yourself to kind of move and back and forth. Um, that's just my two cents. Um, I think that that's super powerful. And I really hope that anybody who's listening goes back and kind of listens to that again, because so many times we think that that why is a stable thing. Our purpose is a stable thing. Our definition of success is a stable thing. And like, once we define it, 
it's going to, uh, we're going to have it forever. And that's just not the way life works. So I love that you brought that up. You know, Amber, you're, you're also bringing up something else that happens in my sessions so often with my clients is that, but usually when they first come in to see me, they've got this fog over in, in front of them and they actually really can't see their why or, or their original purpose for why maybe they started the business or they got into sports or they want to be an actor, whatever that it gets clouded with all the responsibilities and the pressures and the sponsorships and all that stuff where other people's why or other organizations why's are now placed on the pressures of, of that, of that individual. And when you have this fog in front of you, it's so difficult to, to cut through it and to continue going. So what tends to happen is as we um, eliminate and very with how I work very quickly eliminate um, the fog and all the, the distress and the negative beliefs and the, the traumas and all that stuff, when that stuff's eliminated, the individual's why becomes very clear, generally speaking. Like you, you, you find out that, you know what, I, I learned a lot from those bad experiences in my life. And now I want to make sure that people don't go through that. But I can do that because I don't have a knife in my leg anymore. Yeah, that's super, super powerful. So since we mentioned success and we've kind of bounced around it a little bit here, I would love to kind of pick your brain on your definition of success uh, because it's different for everyone. So for you personally, what does success mean to you? Uh, I think it, it has certainly changed over, over time for sure. Um, but the, my definition of success is something that I'm now driven to provide my clients with. Um, ever since I, well, I should say I'm a new father at the time of this recording. My, my, my son is almost a year old now. Oh, congratulations. Th thank you. When, when I was, when, when I was holding him in my arms, you know, the, obviously the first week I was like, wow, I'm a father. This is amazing. And like, holy crap. But after that, um, kind of dissipated and I started to settle in, I got hit with the very, very real um, reality that this is, person is depending on me for their livelihood. And same as we mentioned earlier, that the, the, the atmosphere of the family, um, I am creating, I'm co-creating that atmosphere with, with my partner. And I want to be able to create a legacy for my son and and we're hoping to have another child as well but i want to create something that's the the most solid foundation for them to grow into and then to pass on to somebody to their own children and so on and so forth and i want each and every one of my family members um that's willing uh, obviously i can't treat my own family which is a real shame but it's an ethical violation um, but it's it probably what keeps you a family too, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it would be amazing to, to get all the members aligned uh, to, you know, heal all everybody's trauma and then move into the world without all of the negative baggage from the past, from the past, your past and the generations before you passed. So that to me is the, the definition of success where I can create, um, a, you know, a, a path for individuals or families to work with me where they can then say, okay, I have now stopped the negative patterns from the past and I'm now creating my own 
future, my own legacy, that to me would be worth, you know, if I did that for one, one family, it would be worth the price of admission in this lifetime. I love it. Um, I had an opportunity to talk to somebody one day who said that she was doing a workshop for all of the women in a family, like four generations of women. And I was like, oh, God bless you. Like, God bless you for that because you need wine. Um, <laughs> so my follow-up question to that, and this is a question that I hadn't really considered until I started this podcast. And as I listened to people's definition of success, I realized that we have these terms that we throw over around success and fulfillment, and they're used kind of interchangeably, and they're not really the same thing. So for you, does success come first followed by fulfillment, or does fulfillment come first followed by success? Um, I am a big proponent of um, the and rather than and or, um, you know, or you know, I think that while fulfilling myself uh, and I can be successful at the same time, um, fulfilling my missions, um, and I, I think, hmm, now as I'm really sitting with it, I'm thinking that, you know, as, as different um, avenues for success to arise, I think it's important probably to feel fulfilled as you're doing so because when you are fulfilled um success is a it's easier opportunities come far easier and your relationships your forms far easier and it's not such a like urgent matter that i have to do this x y and z so that i can finally feel fulfilled um so i think i think yeah i'm probably more towards the fulfillment first then the success comes as a happy byproduct I love it. Um, so I want to ask you if you had one message or platform that you could stand on, like one thing that you just wish that every one of your clients could understand and, and take in, what would that be for you? I think I would go back a little bit to what I said before that the current distress that you're experiencing doesn't matter how big how small in your mind it's all relevant and it's also not your fault and but it is your responsibility to change it and i and i really want to 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 allow the listeners to really allow yourself to just give yourself permission to dream a little bit and think about what would it be like if you could um allow all the all the members in your family to just take the weight off and to just be real, just be authentic, just be real. And it's, it's really, you know, there, there's so many myths and so many blocks that so many um, family members might have around therapy around, you know, dropping that mask that we all sometimes wear. And it's, it is absolutely possible and it can be much, much, much faster than you might think. So not your fault, but it is your responsibility to do something and you can only change those who are willing. I love it. And I, I want to make a quick comment on that because I think that that's super powerful. And um, just to 
um, use an, an example, my relationship with my family has not always been amazing. And when people ask me how I turned that around, my answer is very similar to what you just said. Like my relationship with my family got better when I stopped expecting them to do things for me that I should be doing for myself. Like loving myself, believing in myself. Like no matter what they did, it was always wrong because I couldn't believe it. And so this idea of fault and responsibility really hits home to me because that's when relationships get to flourish. Like when you take complete responsibility for you, your success, your happiness, your belief in yourself, then you allow a safe space for other people to just be in your life for the reasons that they're meant to be there rather than feeling like they have to spend all of their energy to make you whole. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Um, I have really enjoyed this conversation and we're doing this as part of this PodMax event. So we are on this timed schedule, which is probably a good thing because I think I could talk to you for hours about all of these topics and we might have to make that happen. Um, so with that being said, we're coming towards the end of our time. And what I'd love to do before we wrap up is give everybody an opportunity to get to know you a little bit with a quick random round. Are you okay with that? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. All Lightning right. Round, right? <laughs> Lightning round. And, you know, in all fairness, normally you get a chance to see these questions and you have not had that opportunity. So thanks for being a good sport with me. Um, if, if you could do anything, any profession um, other than what you currently do, what would you attempt? Actor. Actor. I like uh, it. I, I've always wanted to be an actor, but... Uh... I guess I'm just not so good in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like we're on it. a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, time travel. If it was possible, where would you go and why? Um, what makes you think it's not possible? A good call. Good call. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out on that. You know what? I would love to fast forward into the future a couple hundred years. And I want to see where humans, you know, where we, where we go. Are we on a different planet? Are we exploring? Did we manage to save this planet? Or did we blow it up? Uh, I'm really curious. So I'd, I'd like to know that, I think. I love it. And that's, that's a really good question to, to ask. Like, is this planet even still here? Or did we somehow make it spontaneously combust? <laughs> um, as far as content is concerned, do you prefer reading books or listening to audiobooks? Um, when we're talking books, I prefer reading books, but I like Blinkist. I like the really short, quick, that's it's right there. It takes me 10 minutes. I can read a book and I'm done. I think I prefer actually watching documentaries. I pick up more from, I'm very visual. So if I can see it, oh, I remember it a lot better. That's awesome. And I've never thought about that before, but the documentary side of things I could definitely see as being valuable. If you had a book that you recommend to people that you think is important for them in, in their life or journey, um, most of the people listening to this are on the entrepreneurial path. What um, book would you recommend? For some reason, the book, The Alchemist came to my mind. I haven't read that in oh, like a decade probably now, so I probably couldn't quote anything from it. But um, I think just the idea that things can change and that we can be the ones that can do it is so pivotal. Yeah, I think that that's so super important. Um, and I think it's something that we all kind of have to wrap our heads around because up through all of our formative years, we're kind of taught that you go to school and then you go to school again and then there's something that happens and, and your life exists. And so the fact that no decision is permanent, I think is super important. Mm -hmm. And that book's actually on my list. There's a few people that have recommended it. So I can't wait to, to check it out. Awesome. 
Um, qualities or traits or superpowers, what do you think is the most valuable one that's gotten you through your life so far? Empathy. Ooh, that's, that's a good one. Um, and then last, but definitely not least, I'm a music nerd. So I always have to know what's your pump up song? What gets you moving when you need some motivation? That's um, so motivation in getting my body moving. I love Imagine Dragons and uh, whatever it takes that just gets me going all the time. Um, but in terms of showing up emotionally when I need a pick me up, I love, love, love Jason Mraz. Okay. I could just, I could just put him on. doesn't matter what song and I'll find something that just like lifts my soul to the point that I might even cry. I love it. Um, and then finally, um, if people want to reach out to you, if they want to connect, learn more about you or what you do, where's the best place for them to track you down? Best place I would say is my website, grigorcounseling.com. Um, and that's the Canadian spelling uh, with two L's. Um, but uh, yeah, that's probably the best place. And I'm sure you'll have a link or something like that for listeners to click on. I will. We'll throw that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, I love these conversations and how deep we can go into some of the things that affect people that we don't even realize are affecting us and kind of that outside perspective. So thank you for um, getting so vulnerable with that. I know I appreciate it. And so do the listeners. My absolute pleasure. And um, I, I would love to join again and, and, and maybe even go deeper. We can we can take a few hours or days in a series. <laughs> right. But, uh, I would love to do it again for sure. Absolutely. We'll definitely make that happen. Thank you so much and have a fantastic day. You too. And to all the listeners as well. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.